It's all about the cross, amen? And the cross has the final word as to where you and I will spend eternity because if you've missed the cross, you've missed it all, amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to the uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 22. Again, today our entire service is focused on the Lord's Supper. We do things a little different on this day because we want everything focused on the Lord's Supper. I don't believe in tagging the Lord's Supper on the end of a service because of its significance because this is what it's all about. Jesus giving his life in order that we can have a relationship with the Holy Father. Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 29. I want to talk to you about the Lord's Supper. It's a modern-day Passover is what it's all about. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 14, says this. And when the hour was come, the hour it's talking about there is the hour that Jesus would be arrested, the hour that Jesus would begin going through his torment, and even his death. When the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You know, they didn't even realize what he was talking about at that time because they had no idea that Jesus was about to go through what Jesus went through. They thought he was coming to be king. They thought he was coming to set up his kingdom at this time. But he said, I'm about to suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and he gave thanks and he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. We'll expound on that again here in a few moments. But if you can get the picture, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and he began to rip that bread apart. And he began to give each one a piece. And he said, Just as this bread is being ripped, so will my body be torn also for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So Jesus was saying to his disciples, just as this bread is symbolic of my body that is going to be ripped apart, torn apart, By that cat of nine tails as they begin whipping my back and ripping the flesh off of my back. Just as this bread is being ripped. He said this wine you're about to partake is just like the blood. It's symbolic of the blood that is going to run from my body. As a result of the beating. As a result of the crown of thorns placed upon my head. As a result of the spear that will be stuck in my side. You know, at the Last Supper, Jesus shared a meal with his disciples and then he led them into this ancient observant of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread or the Passover. And Jesus used this opportunity to implant within their mind, to implant this important memory in their mind in the upper room that day. 
Jesus shared this meal with both for their benefit and our benefit even today. As Jesus raised the bread and as Jesus raised the cup in thanksgiving, he added new significance to the ancient ritual of the Passover that Israel had done for years. Luke 22 records that Jesus told his disciples, this do in remembrance of me. The fifth Sunday of every month, we do this in remembrance of him. That's why I don't tag it on to the end of a service. service. I want it to be all about what Jesus did. I want it to be all about remembering his love for you, his love for me, to the point he was willing to go through what he went through on our behalf. No longer would be would observing the Passover only be to remember what took place in Egypt when God miraculously saved his children with the blood of the lamb that was put over the doorpost of their home. We'll talk about that in a moment. But now it would have a new significance. Jesus took this old symbol and he filled it with new meaning. The meaning of Jesus' words and action is rooted in his commands. Remember me as often as you do this. As today's disciples, folks, we observe the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Christ and the blood that he shed for us. Let's just look at three things this morning. First of all, I want you to see the historical significance in this. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is the historical background for the establishment of the Lord's Supper. If you remember in Exodus chapter 12, you know, it presents the final chapter in God's miraculous rescue of Israel from slavery in Egypt. They were in slavery in Egypt for years. And God brought these plagues upon Pharaoh and and Egypt in order to release his children. And this plague here this morning that we're looking at, it was the plague of the uh, judgment of the firstborn that finally got the attention of Pharaoh to release the people of God. If you remember that story, you know, God said the firstborn is going to be killed tonight as the death angel moves through Egypt. And the only homes that will not be affected are the homes who takes a lamb, a a pure lamb, and they slaughter that lamb, and they take the blood, and they wipe it over the doorpost of their home. As the death angel passes through, if he sees the blood, he will pass on. But if there's a home that the blood is not applied to the doorpost of their, their home, the death angel will come in and wipe out the firstborn of that home. And folks, that's exactly what took place but as the death angel came through and he saw the blood he passed over that's where the term passover comes from he passed over that home and death did not come to the firstborn you see for the angel of death to pass over that family had to do as god commanded they had to take a sacrificed lamb and kill that lamb and place that blood over it this lamb and the meal of unleavened bread became an abiding symbol of israel's deliverance from bondage yes jesus his disciples watched jesus and listened to his word on this passover as they were in that upper room they would have understood the historical significance of what jesus was talking about 
what they did, you know, uh, not fully understanding, though, until after the crucifixion and the resurrection. They didn't fully understand until after the crucifixion and the resurrection. Then they understood the words of Jesus, remembering his atoning sacrifice. He now, being that sacrifice lamb whose blood would be applied to the doorpost of our hearts. You see, that's what it was all about. The death of Jesus, that sacrificial lamb, just like in Egypt, and they had to place the blood of that lamb over the doorpost of our heart. Folks, Jesus was that sacrificial lamb. And the way we experience salvation, the way that we will not experience a spiritual death is when the, door, uh, the blood of Jesus is on the doorpost of our hearts. How do we get the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of our hearts? Through salvation accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, accepting the, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord. That applies the blood of Jesus Christ on the doorpost of our hearts. The same God who acted in history to deliver his people from Israel from physical bondage has also acted in delivering people today from spiritual bondage. You see, the elements used in the Lord's Supper that we'll have here this morning, they're not the real blood and not the real body of Jesus Christ, but they're powerful symbols that causes us to remember what Jesus really went through. The suffering and the death in a real historical time and a real historical place. What Jesus did centuries ago, folks, it, Im it impacts my life today. It impacts your life today. It impacts the lives of the entire world today. So let's look now at the re re redemptive significance of this Lord's Supper. You see, it's important that we remember the Lord's Supper's uh, redemptive significance. When John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching as he was down by the river baptizing that day, and he looked up and he saw Jesus Christ come, and his words were, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. What did John mean by that? The Lamb, behold. John knew that Jesus would be that sacrificial lamb whose blood would be shed for the entire world and the sins thereof. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John clearly established the reason for Jesus coming to this earth. The coming of Jesus was the fulfillment of what the Passover lamb had only Foreshadow. Let me do a comparison here with you. In Exodus 12, the lamb was sacrificed for the deliverance of one family. Only one family, the family that was in that home. As the death angel comes through and sees the blood on the doorpost of their home, you know, he would pass through. But that was only for one family. One family. At the cross, the lamb of God was sacrificed to deliver the entire world. Not just one person. In Exodus 12, the Passover lamb served as a substitute for the firstborn of Israel. At the cross, Jesus was a substitute for the entire world. 
in Exodus 12. Without the death of the lamb and the spreading of its blood on the doorpost, the children of Israel would have suffered the judgment of God at the cross. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ in his substitutionary death, we would have no hope for salvation. Without that sacrifice of Jesus Christ, folks, we all would be doomed to an eternity in hell. But because of his death, because of his resurrection, because Jesus is alive today, we have the opportunity to have his blood applied to the doorpost of our heart. I can't do that for you. Your husband can't do that for you. Your wife can't do that for you. Your mother, your father, your grandma, your grandpa, they can't apply that blood to the doorpost of your heart. That's something you must do, just like the, the, the person in that home must have applied the blood upon their doorpost. Only you can make that choice to apply that blood. Look, when we gather around the Lord's table, the bread and the wine signifies to us his sacrifice, his substitution, and his salvation toward us. Look, we celebrate our redemption in remembrance of him. The Lord's Supper produces a powerful message. What we're going to do here in just a few moments, it produces a, a powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote the church at Corinth and he told them about the gospel, he said the gospel is simply the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those three things are the gospel. And that's what this signifies here today that we will partake of now we've seen the historical significance the redemptive significance now let's look at the personal significance what does this that we're doing here this morning mean for you personally what does the lord's supper mean for me personally See, we must remember the Lord's Supper's personal significance. In Luke chapter 22, verse 19 and 20, it records Jesus' words. He said, take this. This is my body that I have given for you. And he said, this cup is the new covenant of the blood which I pour out for you. Do you see those words there? You, you, you. In other words, that makes it personal, folks. Jesus was talking about you. Jesus was talking about me. It's a personal thing that Jesus went through. Jesus personalizes his statements by using that pronoun, you. You. Jesus told his disciples that he was going to suffer for them and he was going to die for them. True, Jesus would have died, uh, would, would die for everyone for the sins of the world, but his disciples heard him say, I'm doing this for you. That's what they heard. I'm doing this for you. Listen, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, you need to understand what Jesus did. He did for you. You must make it personal. You must understand what Jesus did. He done it because he loved you. You know, if you was the only person in the world at that time, Jesus would have still died for you because he loves you so much. He loves you so much. But his disciples heard him say, I'm doing this for you. And, 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 and you know, the great thing about that is, again, you are included in you. This morning, Jesus is saying to you personally, just as he said to his disciples, I'm doing this for you. Look at here. I want you to re, 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 do something for me. I'm going to say this again. I am doing this for 
And I want you to put your name in that blank, okay? I am doing this for who? I am doing this for Jimmy. I'm doing this for you, Jesus said. You must understand it's personal. It's personal. In 1 Corinthians 11, which we'll look at right before we partake of the Lord's Supper, you know, Paul gives instructions concerning the Lord's Supper, and in doing so, he reminds the Corinthian church of two things. First of all, their personal salvation in Christ, and second of all, that participation in the Lord's Supper carries two things, an inward and an outward aspect. Inwardly, participants are to examine themselves spiritually before taking the supper. He tells them that in verse 27 and verse 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which we'll look at. So before we partake of the Lord's Supper, he's saying we need to really take a look at ourselves and see if there's any unconfessed sin that we need to confess to him this morning. And the second thing is outwardly. Participants proclaim through the supper the Lord's death until he returns in verse 26. And the same thing is true for us this morning. Observing the Lord's Supper carries personal significance because Jesus causes, uh, calls us to remember that he gave his body for you. It also carries personal responsibility for us to participate in this Lord's Supper with reverence, with humility, and with sincerity, understanding and proclaiming God's great act of love. Paul said that our observance of the Lord's Supper is to be done to remember what Christ has done for us and the sacrifice that Christ has made for us. Here in just a moment, I'm going to have the praise team sing another song. And during this song, I want to have an altar call. And I want you to examine yourself just like I'm going to examine myself before we go any farther. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the scripture we just referenced, Paul said this to the church at Corinth, who was a very, when he wrote this letter, carnal church. There was all kind of wickedness going on with the ch in the church. Incest was taking place within the church. People were suing one another within the church. A lot of bad things. And Paul said this in verse 28. Speaking about the Lord's Supper and prior to partaking of the Lord's Supper. He said, let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now here's what he says in verse 29. For he that eateth or drinketh unworthy, eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, when people partake of this Lord's Supper and it's just a routine ritual thing that they're doing and there's sin within their life, unconfessed sin within their life, Paul is saying you're, 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 you're not discerning the Lord's body. You're not really understanding what he did. Now he goes on in verse 30, he says, for this cause. 
In other words, for not taking it with sincerity, for not taking it you know, with reverence, for not taking it with humility, not taking it with unconfessed sin within your life, or taking it with unconfessed sin within your life. He says, for this cause, many are weak, many are sick among you, and many have even died. Now, do you think that's a serious thing we're about to do? Because in the church at Corinth, because of the mockery they were making of the Lord's Supper, Paul said, that's the reason some of you are sick in this place. He said, that's why some of you, you know, are, are, have even died in this place. Because you have not taken the Lord's Supper serious. Serious to the point that you're not willing to examine yourself to see if there's any habitual, <laughs> unconfessed sin within your life. He goes on in verse 31, he says, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. In other words, if we'll take the time to judge ourselves this morning, to examine ourselves this morning, and ask the Holy Spirit of God, God, reveal unto me any sin that might be standing in my way this morning of partaking of the Lord's Supper. And once he reveals that to you, to confess it to him, yes, Lord, this is sin within my life. I don't want this sin to stand in between me and what you have done for me. But you need to confess it. So we're going to have a song here by the praise team, and I want to use this as an altar call. And this morning, if you feel like you just need to come before the altar of God and get your heart right, to examine yourself. We're going to give you that opportunity. Now, the Lord's Supper is only for those who are saved and knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Those who have sa are saved and had their sins washed away. Maybe this morning you say, you know what, I'm not saved. I've never had the blood of Jesus Christ applied to the doorpost of my heart you need to do that this morning. As we have this moment here to where we examine ourselves, if the Holy Spirit of God is telling you this morning, you are lost, you are lost. The blood of Jesus Christ is not on the doorpost of your heart. I'm going to invite you to come and let me have a word of prayer with you. But if you're saved, I want you to examine yourself. As Paul says here, let a man examine himself before eating this. And see if there's some wicked way in you and let this song be your prayer create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me so let's just bow our heads as the praise team sings this song maybe this morning you need to come either for salvation or maybe to commit some things to god create in me a clean heart create in me a clean and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, why don't you come? Let us get the blood of Jesus Christ applied to the doorpost of your heart. There's some decision you need to make this morning. Why not come now?
child of God is the Holy Spirit of God laying upon your heart of sin you need to confess to him confess that to him right where you're on agree with God in sin in your life and lay it before him would you do that this morning sing this together. Create in me a clean heart. You want to let this be your prayer to God? Lord, renew a right spirit within me. My spirit is not where it ought to be. Renew that spirit of God. Renew that spirit. Lift this up to the Lord as a prayer of your heart. Oh God. right spirit cast me not away Lord don't cast me away from your presence draw me into your presence this morning Lord don't remove your Holy Spirit from me let your Holy Spirit have free reign and control in my life restore to me Lord that joy of that salvation that I had once when I was really serving Lord, put that right spirit the joy of salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Create me a clean heart,
As we said, the Lord's Supper, Paul, was pretty plain. It's only for those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. If you're here this morning, we practice at this church what we call a close communion. It's not closed to where you have to be a member of our church, but you do have to be a member of the family of God. If you're here this morning and you are saved, you want to participate with us, we want to ask you to stand this time if you're going to partake of the Lord's Supper.
As Paul wrote the church at Corinth, as they were preparing for, to partake of the Lord's Supper, he said this to them in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three: For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, that same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you take a look at the bread in your hand there, remember it represents the body of Jesus Christ that was torn, just like he ripped the bread apart, all because of his love for you. Make it personal for you. And he says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember what I did for you. Remember the sacrifice I made for you. And you know, I like to think, as I remember the sacrifice he made for me, do I make a sacrifice for him? Do I make a sacrifice on a daily basis for him? Something to think about. Let's pray. Father, we come to you thanking you as we remember your love, that you so loved the world that you was willing to send your only begotten Son. And Jesus, we thank you that we're told in the Scripture you was able to call 10,000 angels to rescue you from that cross. But yet because of your love for me, Gene Hazel, you chose to remain there. And I thank you so much for that. In your name I ask. Amen.
Paul tells us as Jesus took the cup of wine and, you know, I, I just get this picture in my mind that he held it up and because it was crimson red. I believe he had red wine. I believe he looked at that and he told his disciples, just as crimson as that wine is will be the blood that I will shed for you. Because he went on to tell them, he said, uh, after the same manner of the bread, he took the cup and he, when he had sipped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So as we partake of this, let's remember the blood that was shed for us. The sacrifice he made. And then again, consider the sacrifice we make for him or lack thereof. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed that we can apply to the doorpost of our hearts and know because it is there that we have eternal life waiting for us to forever be with you, forever be with the Lord, forever to be with those whom we love. We just thank you for the blood. In Jesus' name, amen. The uh, ushers will be at the back with these. If you don't mind, just bring your cup. But we want to dismiss with the song. The uh, scripture tells us that after they got through, there was a song. So we're going to let Doc bless us with a song this morning. not into temptation. 